Amen. You know, a number of years ago, um, we were leasing out. We were well. Um, a lot of these guys were in a service, and uh, by the Spirit of God, um, the Lord said, uh, "I'll just give you the scenario." Anyway, Lisa was up front, and um, she said, "By the unction of the Spirit of God, oh, I know you. I know you, and you'll not have one of them." You'll not take one of them out. Amen. By the Spirit of God, she was speaking directly to the devil, the enemy. Amen. And then about 10 months later, one of the kids in the youth group was involved in a very serious accident and was dead when the first people got to him. He's living today. Amen. Amen. And those promises are just like these. Amen? As soon as we got the call, they had left here on a Wednesday night and were headed home when that accident happened. I got a phone call and they told me, he's had a wreck, it's bad. And immediately, the Lord on the inside of me said, he'll not have one of them. So I said, everybody calm down. He'll not have one of them. We got a promise. Amen? You got a promise. You can stand on the Word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, when I'm sitting at a stoplight and it goes green, that's not necessarily for me. I check my heart. Amen? And then I go. And I look. I don't trust. Because I know that the devil wants to get me. Amen? Amen? I want to be a problem to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I'm getting ready to share some things that uh, um, really, boy, this is, okay, Romans 8. Let's just get into it. Hallelujah. (laughs) When I went to Bible school, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I was 17, and I grew up on the farm. I grew up in a rural county, you know, rural area. And uh, whenever I went to Bible school, I found myself smack dab Tulsa, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I was the only person in my apartment complex with a pickup. And mine was jacked up, big tires, loud exhaust, you know, all those things. And I decided really quick, I don't really fit in here. Amen? But the first day it snowed and they canceled class and all these little cars just sat in front of the apartments. I go out and put it in four-wheel drive and I go play, right? Because that's what farm kids do. When the snow's on, you play, amen? And so I didn't fit in. I knew I didn't fit in. I didn't fit into that environment. I didn't really know what to do, you know? Um, Just didn't. But the Lord told me whenever I got there, he said, I want you to read Romans 8 every day before class until you get it. I said, okay, I'll do that. So every morning I started off with Romans 8, and I found that verse 1, I just couldn't get over verse 1. The things that I was, that I, the place that I was at in life, Romans 8, 1, I couldn't get past. Amen? 
There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation. None. And I was living with condemnation every day. Guilt, all these things that go with condemnation. Amen? And I couldn't get past verse 1. And I would read the rest of the chapter and think, I can't get it. I can't get it. And then I began to see, God is not condemning me. I'm doing that. The devil's doing that. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put it up in the the Passion Translation. This is really good. Because the rest of this chapter is amazing. But if you can't get past verse 1, like I couldn't, you can't receive the rest of it. Amen? Is it going to come up? Okay. So now the case is closed. (laughs) Hallelujah. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like it. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning... If you know Christ as your Savior, the case is closed. Amen? There remains no voice that can accuse you of anything. Hallelujah. Amen? When I got saved, I had been living really bad, and I got saved, and uh, the first thing kind of happened was a a, a kid that I went to school with who kind of knew all of my dirty laundry. The first thing he did whenever I stopped living the way we were all living... And I, I realize a lot of people are like, well, how bad can a, a 13-year-old be living? But it was bad. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so this, this young man decided to air all of my dirty laundry one night in a public setting. Well, there was an accusing voice. Amen? And I began to think to myself, how do I shut him up? Do I just punch him in the mouth? You know, what's the best thing I can do to make this go away? Because I thought, that's not who I want to be. That's who I was, but it's not who I want to be. I don't want people running around telling everybody that's who I am because I'm not. Amen? But I already knew to slow down and listen to my heart. And the Lord said, just tell him you're right. I was like, just tell him you're right. That's who I used to be. And so I said, you're right, that's who I used to be. And I said it in front of everybody that was standing there. What else was I going to do? And then I said, but I don't want to be that person anymore. And as much as you accuse me of being that person, I'm not going back. Amen. The voice that accuses or, or ridicules or comes at you, it's trying to talk you back out of what you've become And get you to go back to being what you were. Amen? But you're not. And the voice will get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and farther away. The further away from it you go. Amen? So I went through all of my high school years living guilty, being saved, getting spirit-filled, 
knowing I loved God, knowing God loved me, but still thinking, it's who I am. It's what I've done. Amen? And I go to Bible school, and the Lord says, you know, here are all these people that seemingly in my mind, now they got it together. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm barely past dirty sinner stage. And he's saying, read it every day until you get it. Amen? When I got a hold of 8-1, the rest of Romans 8 came alive to me. Amen? There remains no voice that can accuse you or I. Amen? Why? Because the forgiveness of the Lord is complete. The washing, of, the washing new is clean. There's nothing. There's nothing left. Amen? After I got Romans 8.1, then the Lord began to tell me, when you make a mistake, I want you to repent, and then I want you to immediately act like I'm a forgiver. I want you to put a smile back on your face. I want you to go back to being happy, jovial, enjoying your life. And I was like, that's not possible. I need to beat myself up so that you and I are good with each other. Because I had allowed myself, and even somewhat in church, been trained that when you make mistakes, there's a cool-off period. You need to get back into good graces with God and everybody else. That's a lie. Right. Amen. Amen? That's the reason I tell people, I said it Wednesday night, somebody says, I'm sorry, it's over. You're done. There's nothing left. Why? Because that's how God is. Amen? And so he said, I want you to put a smile on your face and act like you've never done anything wrong in your life. And I said, I don't know if I can do that. And he said, well, remember, if you don't, you're the one bringing up stuff that I know nothing about. Amen? Hallelujah. There's no accusing voice for you and I that means anything. Amen? Sometimes family will say, yeah, but you... <laughs> There's people sitting in this room know me very well. Amen. Very well. Amen. Miss Lisa, that is my best friend on this earth, and I love her and I appreciate her. She gets to bear a lot of my bad jokes, so I apologize if I embarrass you, dear, but amen. But I love her, and I appreciate her, and I try to do everything I can to make sure life is good for her. I also am the key proponent in making life very hard for her. I'm also that person that's like, I hope you have a good day. I'll probably have to leave in order for you to have one, but you know what I mean? Because you're close. You're together. You know each other. I know exactly what to say to make her head turn red. Right? Isn't that right? I'm not the only married person in the room, right? No. These are real deals. Amen? My dad's sitting back there. <laughs> he knows me, you know. I get irritated, and sometimes I don't set my wrenches down. I just drop them, <clears throat> right? He knows me. My brother knows me. My other brother knows me, right? There's a lot of people in this room know me. You realize we, we, we know each other. We can, we, can, we can be that person that becomes that accusing voice. That's tough. When you, when you say, um, 
I know you want to get better in this area, but you're not. And a matter of fact, <laughs> amen, Lisa and I have talked about the importance in being able to hear from each other. Amen. When we got married, we became one flesh. If there's something I'm doing that really isn't just right, she's the person that should be picking up on that, and I need to be able to hear from her that, hey, you're missing it. And that's tough. Because as soon as that closest person to you says, hey, you're missing it, you want to say, well, so are you. And I can tell you where. But I choose not to. So that makes me more like God. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Deb. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. No. You understand what I'm saying? Who really wants to hear correction from their spouse? Not many people. Not many people look forward to it. <laughs> Amen. That's right. But whenever I say, uh, I think you can do better there, <laughs> you know, she's like, right? Amen. We understand these things. Sometimes it's important that we realize if there is no condemning voice, I don't want to become it. Amen. There's no condemning voice coming at me because Jesus washed me clean. Jesus set me free. Amen. The people in the relationships in my life, I don't want to be a condemning voice. I want to be an encouraging voice. Amen. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. So it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. And I remember when I finally got a hold of Romans 8.1, I was like, doesn't matter what anybody says. doesn't matter what pops in my head. It doesn't matter anything that brings up anything about who I used to be or what I did yesterday. If I've repented, that ain't for me. I'm clean. I'm in good shape. God's got me. Amen? And the rest of Romans is wide open to me. Hallelujah. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. That condemning voice would try to tell you you're not free from these things. That condemning voice would try to tell you, well, your mom had it, your grandma had it, and you're going to have it. No, no, no. I don't have anything. Amen. I don't have anything that doesn't line up with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Because doesn't it say up here, for them which are in Christ Jesus. Now what kind of a fool would go to the Lord Jesus and try to condemn him? I'm in him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see yourself in him. I'm in Christ Jesus. Amen. That condemning voice answers to Jesus. Nothing to do with me. We're not buddies. We're not partners. Let me tell you, when you make a mistake and you repent, and then you, you, the Lord was very plain. He said, the reason you need to put a smile on your face and act like nothing ever happened is because nothing ever happened with me. I forgive. I forget. Amen? And he actually was very plain with me. It is actually diminishing what you believe about my salvation for you if you don't live like this. 
You don't see me as an immediate forgiver. And I was like, hey, I don't want to say you're anything you're not. Amen? So you make a mistake and it's bad. And you repent. And then you're supposed to be like, This is not a greasy grace sermon. I said you have to repent. (laughs) Amen. You don't just wash over it. You have to admit, I did wrong. I missed it. I'm sorry. Amen. What good would it do for me to make a mistake in conversation with Lisa and then just be like, she ought to know I'm sorry. I'm going on. No, I need to tell her. I'm sorry. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. We cannot receive from God with our head. Amen? Our head has to catch up to our heart. The heart of man is what receives, hears, and acknowledges God. Amen? The Word of God, reading it, studying it, having it preached to me, causes my inner man to align, say, that's right, that's right. It bears witness. And then my head has to wrap around that. What I had going on was I had a head issue, and my heart had been telling me for years, that's not the way it is. But I wasn't getting it. I made mistakes. I was a bad person. There ought to be some kind of penance for this. There ought to be something I can do to earn this salvation. I could, if I could just hate myself enough, God would know I'm sorry. These are, these are real things. If nobody else has ever experienced those things, I did. Because at 13 years old, I became this kid that thought, I'm damaged goods. And the devil was saying, you're right, you are. You just need to kill yourself. And I thought, that's right. I ought to just kill myself. Thank God for a mother that snoops. Because I made the mistake of writing it down. I don't like who I am. I ought to just kill myself. Mom was really good at giving us our privacy. She never, she never, but she was always, she would always tell you, this is my house, that's my door, that bedroom that you sleep in is mine. Belongs to me and your daddy. And if I don't want the door closed, you don't close it. And if you can't get that through your head, then your daddy will take it off the hinges. Because your clothes, we paid for everything, son. That dresser that your clothes are in, mine. 
Amen. But she gave us privacy. I don't remember that ever, you know. But she knew there was something written on that piece of paper stuck in that certain spot that she needed to read. That was a witness of God. So she did. What is this? Amen? I thought, hmm. What I'm saying is, is it, it bought me time. I didn't get saved over her finding that. I kept living that life. Amen? I love my mom. I miss her. I'm glad she, she was part of my life. I'm glad she would implant herself. Don't be afraid to implant yourself into people's lives when God tells you to. Amen? I take what the Lord's called me to do very seriously. I back off when I'm supposed to back off as best I can. And I try to step in whenever I feel like I'm supposed to. Amen? We miss it. But at the same time, I don't want to get to the heaven and the Lord say, I told you to do something. I told you to say something and you did nothing. Amen? Amen? That could have been changed if you'd have just said something. Then let somebody talk for a while. Amen? So somebody was being implemented into my life by God to keep me from doing something dumb, making a bad decision. Amen? It bought me time. God knew what he had in store for me. Amen? Hallelujah. And then it took me three or four years to get a hold of Romans 8.1. And began to become a person who understood, I'm not that anymore. And I haven't been it for years. Even though I've been acting like it, believing it. I've not been that person for years. This is amazing. Amen. Just one scripture changed my life. All of a sudden it was like, I don't have to hate me. I actually can enjoy being me. Hallelujah. Amen. Did I do that? I heard something and I thought, who's messing around? My Bible's actually broke open to Romans 8.1. Amen? Here, let's just set that up there. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. How many people have read that scripture and still don't get it? Faith pleases God. Trusting God, relying on God, adhering to his word. That pleases God. But the work, it doesn't please him. Obedience pleases him. Amen? But we become so mechanical these guys have heard me say, don't ever confuse what God's called you to do in this life, the ministry side of life. Don't ever confuse that with being your relationship. It's not. Your relationship is separate from the call of God. If you begin to let the, the, the call of God, what you're doing for God, become the relationship, you will get tired, you will become wore out, you will burn out, and you will quit. 
Lisa and I work, I go to work to pay the bills, to do these things. Isn't that right? Right. But that's not our relationship. That's the work required to sustain the relationship naturally. Amen? But it's not the relationship. The relationship is holding her hand. The relationship's talking to her. The relationship's laughing at her. The relationship is letting her laugh at me. You know, when I kick the door jam in the middle of the night because I'm wandering around in the dark. And then I fall in the floor. And I say, and she says, and I'm thinking, I just broke my little toe clean off the side of my foot. And you're giggling. Who thinks this is funny? Nobody. Nobody. Especially the guy laying in the floor in agony. Right? I jumped up the other night. My feet hit, my, well, my right foot hit the floor. Hit the carpet. Shot out from under me. Bam, I hit the floor. She said straight up, and she's like, what's the matter? Did you break a hip? And I was like, I slipped and fell. What are we talking about? No, I didn't break my hip. I fell. Just slipped. You know? I was like, how did you get there? Was I that... Was it that dramatic? You know? You know what I mean? And then after I said, no, I'm fine, then she started laughing. And I thought, well, I'm glad at 3 a.m. I could be comedic to you and make your life great. My pain brings you great happiness. Amen? That's a relationship. Dad, Dad used to hunt with a guy years ago. He was an older man. How old were you the first time you went with Norman hunting? How old were you? Okay. 74, John's 52, 51, John's 51. So, okay. So you, you would have been 25. Yeah. So dad was 25 and Norman at that time was how old? 65. So he had 40 years on him. And he told them, he said, now, boys, I'm going to tell you, we get out here, if you do something, even if it hurts you, if I think it's funny, I'm going to laugh, and you need to not let that bother you. You know, so his first year, it was him. Cinch on your saddle broke, right? Cinch on dad's saddle broke, which caused his saddle to come off the horse, and dad, or dad and saddle take a tumble down the mountain and end up sliding down the mountain in the mud. And when he gets done, he's sitting there holding on to the saddle horn. And he's, everybody's sitting up there on the side of the mountain staring at him. But Norman's sitting up there on his horse laughing. Right? And Dad said, embarrassed him. Kind of made him mad. You know? But Norman got a good laugh out of it. And he said, I'm going to, even if it hurts you. Amen? Why do you tell that story? Because that's a relationship. How many years did you hunt with him? Could have held that against him and never hunted with him again. Amen? Amen. No? You don't do that. Hallelujah. Why? Because the relationship was more important than the being right or the not being embarrassed or the not being put out. 
And that's what it comes, you know, my relationship with God. I am the one that's very exposed. Amen? I'm the one with the problem. I'm the one with the issue. But he's not dogging me over that. He's saying, hey, let me talk to you about it and we'll fix it. Amen? That's a relationship. But whenever I let the work become the relationship, all of a sudden there's no, there's no relationship. Amen? Hallelujah. Maintain your relationship with God because he's the one that made Romans 8 1 possible. You don't have to live with guilt, condemnation, somebody dogging you all the time. Who did that for you? The Lord Jesus. Amen? He allowed them to accuse him of things he didn't do so that I could not be accused of things I did. What a relationship. Amen? Hallelujah. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh. I like that. Where he says, but you are not in the flesh. I couldn't get that line until I got 8-1. After I got a hold of 8-1, there's no condemnation to me. All of a sudden I was like, I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. My spirit man's alive to God. I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm all these things. Amen? Because the voice that was condemning me had to shut up. And then I could hear the voice of God plain. You're in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen? This is good. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You've got the same person, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that the Lord Jesus had on the inside of him in his ministry when he was walking the earth. Amen. But it says that he would pull himself away and he would retreat to a desert place. Why? To maintain the relationship. Because if he didn't, the work would have been too much. And if in the natural body the Lord Jesus had to do it, you and I have to do it. We have to maintain the relationship. It's first and foremost. And that relationship is over the relationship with my wife. Amen? Because I can promise you I have watched it through the years. When I let my relationship with the Lord suffer, mine with hers will tank. It gets bad. And vice versa. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. Why you say hallelujah there? Because I know what I'm saying is right and it brings glory to God. If you want the natural plane relationships to be what they're supposed to be, this one has to be good. If it's not good, this one won't be good. Amen? I'm a better husband when I spend time with Jesus. I'm a better husband when I let the Holy Spirit dominate me in my talk, in my conversation, how I perceive things. Amen? That same gentleman that laughed at dad some number of years later, probably 20, so now he's in his 80s, they're in their 40s. He come down a mountain on his horse and let his saddle get up on the horse's neck, got down to water, and the horse put his head down to drink, and when he did, it threw him over the saddle and into the water. Well, they're in the mountains, and it's snowing, it's cold. 
So they're all off their horses trying to wrestle this 80-year-old man out of the water and get him dry and get him back on his horse, right? And get him moving. And they get to moving down through there and nobody's said a word, nobody's done anything. And he finally looks over his shoulder and says, it's fun, ain't it, boys? And then they all cracked up and laughed at him. But they weren't sure if they could laugh at him. (laughs) Right? But they could. And he wanted them to. Because he knew what had happened to him was funny. See somebody fly over the saddle horn and right over the horse's head. Amen. Right? How does that? Relationship. Things are better when the relationship is in good shape. Amen? If the spirit that, of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Amen? He's quickening your mortal body. Amen? Your natural body. Hallelujah. Amen. One time I had a, I was sick, didn't feel real good. And the Lord told me, he said, go over and read about Jesus in the temple. And I thought, what does this have to do with being sick? This isn't, this, this isn't on any healing scripture papers that I ever got in school, Lord. Right? Jesus goes into the temple, right? And what does he do? He drives out everything that isn't a God. Amen? And he does it aggressively. Right? So as I'm reading about it, he drove them out of the what? The temple. And the Lord said, if you'll let me, I'll drive that sickness out of your body the same way Jesus did that temple. Why? Because now you're the temple. And I was like, hey, let's do that. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? The relationship causes you whenever he says, hey, go read about this. You're like, okay, I'll do that, but it doesn't make a lot of sense up here. Why am I reading about Jesus driving stuff out of the temple? I wasn't thinking about my body being the temple when I started reading it. But then, whenever I saw my body as the temple and the Holy Spirit being the one that compelled Jesus to do the things he did, he said, I'll do the same thing in your body, the temple. I'll drive it out. I like it when those things get driven out with prejudice. Amen? I like it when God forces the things that aren't of Him out of my life. But I have to let Him. I got to be able to hear Him. Amen? Relationship. Romans 8 1. You're not condemned. Anything in anybody that would condemn you? Not a God. God didn't send them. Amen. God doesn't send people to air your dirty laundry that you've repented of. Amen. How do you know that? God can't send somebody and tell them to say something to you that he doesn't remember. Amen. So somebody's bringing up stuff you need to know that you've repented of, you know they're getting their information from a different spirit. It ain't the holy one. Amen? Because I didn't want to be around people that I thought were spiritual because I was like, they're going to read my mail. 
They're going to tell everybody and their dog what I have done. Amen? And I was like, okay, I'll read his books. But I ain't getting near him. I ain't going near the stage he's on. I felt that way about Brother Hagen. I thought, I don't want to be anywhere near him when I went to Bible school. I thought, he knows God so well. God tell him. He'd be like, get out of here. You can't come to school here. Get. Romans 8, 1. All of a sudden, I began to see myself the way God really saw me. And he started saying, I can't tell him things that you've repented of because I forgot it. I was like, hey, cool. I can go shake his hand. Amen? I can be around the, the people who know you the best because, because Lisa and I were told at one point, if you want more of the anointing, hang around people who are more anointed than you. Because if you hang around only people who are less anointed than you, they're drawing off of you. And so you need to hang around people who understand God more than you do. That way you draw off of them. Amen? So I was thinking, I can go hang out be around those people. I don't need to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to look stupid. So I will just stand real close and listen real hard. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It eliminated fear of man in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. How do you know you're a son or a daughter? Are you being led? Are you living your life led? Amen? I really think I'm going to do this. No? The Spirit of God says, don't do that. And you go, okay, I won't do that. Even though everything up here says, I'm going to do that. That makes sense. Makes sense up here. When your heart says, don't do that, you don't do it. Amen? Hallelujah. Here we go. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Anybody know what Abba means? If we, dad, dada. If you get it over into what we, it means dada. <laughs> Hallelujah. There was a lady sang a song here a number of years ago, and one of the lines in it, she said, now I say I have a daddy. And the first time she sang it, I was like, of course you got a daddy. You know, it's a praise and worship song. I was like, of course you got a daddy. You know, that's my dad. That's my father. And for my whole life, I kind of, you know, I'm the father, father, your heavenly father. You know what I mean? That's my father. But whenever I saw this scripture, I was like, just, that's getting right back down to childish babble. That's what he is to me. He's from the beginning all the way through. You know, I call him daddy unless I knew he was mad. And I'd be like, yes, dad. You know, everything gets real proper, right? What's well, kind of dad out with God until you know we got a problem? You're like, yes, Father. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Try to straighten up a little. Dad, dad. 
For the Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, till we may be also glorified together. Hallelujah. Let's start in verse 13 in the Passion real quick. Romans 8, the chapter, is my favorite chapter in the Bible simply because it came at a point in my life where it really just changed everything for me. Amen? For when you live controlled by the flesh, you are about to die. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I have seen people that just got saved immediately move in maturity because they recognize God doesn't want me to do that. Immediately. Just a thought. I said Wednesday night, you know, sometimes as we grow and as we grow in the things of God, we start to think, we start to, we start to see, let me put it this way. If you're having a conversation that you tell your children to go in the other room over, maybe you shouldn't even have the conversation. Now, they don't need to be privy to bills and stuff like that. That's another, you know what I mean? But you understand, sometimes we say, hey, you need to go in the other room because as adults, we think we can handle it. Very possible we're having a conversation we just don't need to have. If the conversation Lisa and I are having does not cause us both to come up, it's a conversation we should not have. If she's got something that she's dealing with and I start, I start babying that in her and saying, you're right, dear, you're right, that's, that's not fair, that's wrong. I'm not helping her. My job is to encourage, compel, love. You can do this. You can handle that. God in you is going to help you. Amen? Sometimes we don't let our conversations stay up here. We start thinking, well, we're grown-ups. We can have this conversation. A lot of times you just don't even need to have it. Isn't that right? If it's not bringing you up, if it's not strengthening, if it's not encouraging, probably shouldn't have it. Probably ought to just drop it. Amen? The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I've had the Holy Spirit tell me, don't say that to her the way you're about to say it. Because my affection for her was causing me to want to incite what she was already dealing with. Am I making sense? Okay. I love my wife. Somebody says something that's mean to her. I immediately want to be like, you're right. That's wrong. Right? And then I want to be like, and don't worry, I'll go find them. Right? That's what I want to do. But instead, most of the time, the Lord will tell me, tell her. You can love them past it. You can love them in spite of it. Because God loves us in spite of it. You're like, wow, what a cold, horrible thing to have to say. Amen? But it's true. Next one. And you did not receive the spirit. Oh, 
Well, that's a whole different twist, isn't it? Of religious duty. I go to church because I want to. Amen? I pay my tithes because I want to. I minister the gospel because I want to. Amen? You know the hardest thing for me to do in ministry? Is sing in front of people. Not because singing in front of people bothers me. I've sang in front of people since I was little. (laughs) I could get up here and sing and do jazz squares and jazz hands and all of that stuff. Not be embarrassed, bothered one bit. I did it for years. Amen? But when I stand up here and I sing, I'm standing up here and I'm doing something that I really just want to share with him. I'm taking a part of of my relationship with him that he asked me to do and I'm living it in front of people which I don't want to do. Sometimes I reach down and I shut my microphone off because I think that's none of anybody's business but mine and yours. I've had people come to me and say, you need to leave your mic on. Everybody needs to hear what you're saying. No, you don't. Because I'm pretty sure I might have just said something to him you don't want to hear. (laughs) Amen. But it's part of what he asked me to do. So I don't treat it as a religious duty. I don't sing because I have to or because Pastor Tim tells me to. That's a, that's a special thing between me and him. And I've told him, I don't want everybody to see it. Amen? Missy, years ago, she said to me, she's like, it's just a part of me I don't really want to share. I was like, I know. That's why you're qualified to do it. Because you don't want to share it. Because it is personal. And because it is between you and him. And people need to know it. People need to see somebody be personal with him. Somebody need to hear. Somebody just love him. Amen. Sometimes we don't know how to get it out. And we learn how by the people that are in front of us. Amen. I can remember hearing my grandma stand in her kitchen. And say, oh, sweet Jesus. I can remember thinking, he's sweet to her. I don't have nothing to do with him. Don't want nothing to do with him. But he's sweet to her. Made a lasting impression on me. I'm not crying because I'm a crybaby. I'm crying because I'm a crybaby. Amen. He's sweet to my grandma. And I don't know why, but he is. Does he love her more than me? Because I don't think he's sweet on me. Amen. That's right. It took me a while, but then all of a sudden, he became sweet Jesus to me too. <laughs> oh, he's sweet. The psalmist said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste. Taste. He's sweet to me. Amen. 
Because I thought to myself when I got saved, if my mom and dad really knew me, I don't know that they would like me. And he's telling me he loves me. He's sweet. Wow. And he's saying, you're not damaged goods. I can still use you. I'm thinking, there ain't nothing to use. But he knew. Amen. The works have never been the relationship for me. The relationship has always been the relationship. Hallelujah. I got invited to come to a Bible study, a men's Bible study. I usually don't go to those things. I just, you know. Anyway, I had it on my heart to just just go. And so I just went and just sat there and trying to be quiet. It's really hard for me. Um, And uh, the young man who who was leading it, he said, hey, would you share your testimony with everybody the way you did with me the other day at your shop? And I was like, okay. And so I did. Amen? And I thought, these guys think I'm crazy. (laughs) Amen? Because I was talking just about how good he is. I wasn't talking about what he's let me do in my life. Amen? Amen. He's good. He's sweet. Hallelujah. Where were we at? I'm sorry, guys. Put that back up there. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Hallelujah. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Oh, wow. Full acceptance. Into what? Into Jesus. You know, that's the amazing thing. He's the one that cleans you up. He's the one to let you in. Do you think he would do a bad job cleaning you up when he knows you're going to be a part of him? No. It's perfect. It's wonderful. Hallelujah. He does the, clean, he does the catching. He does the cleaning. I mean, he does the everything. I can't earn this because I'm not doing anything to get it. There's nothing I can do to get this. It's all him. Amen. Hallelujah. You have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirit join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. (laughs) and since we are his true children do you get that and since we are his true children you are his true child you are amen what voice would accuse you none there is none no hallelujah why because you are his child We qualify to share all his treasures for indeed we are heirs of God himself and since we are joined to Christ we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Hallelujah. 
Well, there's a room full of people here who are in Christ Jesus. You may not know it, but you are. And if you didn't know it, hang out in Romans 8 for a while. Because this gets really good. The further you go, the better it gets. The better it gets. Amen? Hallelujah. We sang a song this morning about His love never failing. I can remember always whenever I would turn the page here, it says, For I am persuaded, verse 38, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing separates you from the love of God. The only thing that separates you from the love of God is you. But there is not any other force, power, strength, or anything here that can separate you. Nothing can pluck you out of his hand. Nothing. Amen? We sing that song this morning, in death, in life, I'm confident. I always get a big smile on my face, and I know it, because I always think, isn't that amazing? In death and in life, I'm confident in, in, in everything. I'm confident in him. Amen? I don't have a confidence problem. Amen? I honor people in the kingdom who sit above me, but I am not afraid of them, nor am I intimidated by them. Amen? I had a person house sit for Lisa and I one time when we were out of town. And when we got back, they said to me, they said, I sat down in your chair and then I thought, oh, am I supposed to, can, can I sit there? Then they said, I thought, this is where Mr. Lance and Miss Lisa pray. This is where Mr. Lance and Miss Lisa, and said that two or three times. And then I said, yeah, right before we left, that's the same kitchen we had an argument in. Down that hallway is usually where I throw stuff, you know, and then Lisa comes through and picks it up. You know what I mean? I said, what are you talking about? They were like, I don't know now. And I was like, good, because I don't either. I'm human. She's human. Amen? Yeah? Like I said Wednesday night, her and I never argue about anything we agree on. Right? If we're arguing, it's because we disagree. And where does that happen? In our vehicle, at the house, wherever we are together, right? If we're arguing. So you can't, you know, so, you know, it's like I've told Pastor Tim, I'm like, your office, I don't like minister's offices, never have. He's like, why? And I was like, because every time I got called into an office, it was because I was in trouble. Whether it was in school, church, it didn't matter. I don't necessarily, you know, I didn't get invited into the office for any good reason. <laughs> Even the ministers in my life, they're like, hey, come to my office. And I'm like, oh, what did I do now? Good grief. Who did I smart off at? What did I do? You know? You know what I mean? <laughs> we build these shrines. We make these weird thoughts about people. When in reality, they're in Christ Jesus just like we're in Christ Jesus. Amen?
I honor them. I honor who they are. I honor their position. I honor what they know. I honor where they've been. But I am not intimidated or afraid. Because it's the same Jesus in them that's in me. We both got the same salvation package. We both got the same Holy Ghost. Amen? Yeah? Where did we get that? From the world. Because when we go to work, you know, the big, the big boss, everybody's like, right? So we, we bring the, the world's concept of how we do things into the church. Doesn't work like that. Amen? Hallelujah. You don't have to be intimidated or in, in fear of anything or anybody. Amen? You can show honor and respect without being in fear. Amen? And that's a good place. Why? Because you have the confidence of God in you. You know who you are in Jesus. Wow. You get somebody who knows who they are in Jesus, that person, that person will... will. Lisa made a statement one time, and I wrote it in my Bible. It's written in here somewhere. She said, I'm not challenged by people's selfishness. I'm challenged by people's selflessness. And when she said it, I thought, what did she just say? <laughs> because what happens when a person is selfish in front of you, you're like, oh, so selfish. Don't let that challenge you. Let the people who are selfless challenge you. The people who just keep giving when you think, I don't know how they got any more to give. Let those people challenge you. Amen. And the person who's selfish, just be like, oh, God loves them. But we do the very opposite. Amen. Hallelujah. These are good things. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're in Christ Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. I believe Christians should stir themselves up in their most holy, precious faith. Say out loud, I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm not intimidated by anything or anyone. Hallelujah. I have confidence in God to do what he's called me to do. I guard my relationship with him. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Spend time in the relationship and the things that he's asked you to do will just come naturally. You'll put your foot in the next step. Amen. God told me a long time ago, he said, I just need you to be concerned about the, the next step. I'm like, well, I want to know where I'm going to be down, you know, down the road. He's like, I can't tell you that. It's like, I thought you knew everything. <laughs> he said, I do. I can't tell you that. I was like, why? He said, because you're a cheater. If I tell you where you're going to be in 10 years, you'll try to cut cross country on me and get there shorter way. I may need you to go all the way over there before you go over there. And I thought, well, that ain't no fun. Amen? We all want to get where we're going to end up, but that ain't how that works. Amen? In a world of fast food, microwaves, and internet, everything's fast, everything's fast, everything's fast. Not this relationship. Amen? 
This relationship takes time. It takes perseverance. <laughs> I say it a lot. It takes always realizing I'm in a relationship with somebody that I'm always wrong. Because with the Lord, he's never wrong. And if there's an issue, we're wrong. Amen? In this relationship, if changes need to be made, it won't be him that changes. It will be us. Because he doesn't change. Amen? Hallelujah. Understanding and recognizing those things and just saying, okay, that's the way it is. I'm wrong and i got to change. Perfect. He's like, I can work with that. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Do you got anything? Okay, yeah. It's a bad joke, dear. <laughs> so, Lisa and I were driving down the road one day, and she said, Avery was pregnant with uh, uh, Lydia. And she said, you know, being in Christ Jesus is like Lydia being in Avery. And she just kind of went on, and I, was, and I thought, what did she just say to me? She's still talking. I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm, what's going on. Because in him, realities were something that I struggled with. You know, people would say, I read Brother Hagin's mini book, In Him, changed my life. And I'm like, I've read that thing 20 times. It's never changed anything. Because I was struggling with the reality of being in him. I didn't, I didn't, I understood the, the, the concept, but I didn't understand it. And all of a sudden, she gave me an analogy that I was like, oh my goodness. When a baby, when a woman is pregnant and a baby, and then I felt weird because we got home that night and I got real quiet and I thought if she walks over here and sees what I'm reading on my phone, she's going to think I'm a freak. Because I, I typed in, what does an umbilical cord really do? So I was reading about an umbilical cord, you know, and I thought, you know, what a weird thing to be looking at, you know, especially for a man, okay? And so, but I started thinking, in being in Christ Jesus, she said, it's like a baby being in a mom. And then I started to realize, that baby is in water. But that baby has oxygen. Where's that oxygen coming from? Through that umbilical cord from that mother. Mama's lungs are taking in oxygen, not only for her body, but the transfer of that oxygen is going through that umbilical cord into that baby. So mom is breathing for baby. Mom eats, and the things that the baby needs travel from mom's body. Mom's body breaks it down and sends it through that umbilical cord to baby. And then here's the other one. Baby makes waste, transfers it through the umbilical cord back to mom, and mom takes care of it. All of a sudden, I start getting a reality of what it was like to be in him. He breathes for me. He supplies everything that I need and he takes all the waste. Hallelujah. That's what it means to be in Christ Jesus. And that's what he said. We're in him. Amen. <laughs> and I told Lisa, I was like, I've been saved how long? And you fi somebody finally makes an analogy that my brain would wrap around. My heart understood I'm in him, but my head, I was just like, okay, I'm in him. But then I began to see it. I'm in him. Hallelujah. He provides everything. He's my safety. 
Amen? I'm riding around in a good, cushy spot. Sometimes I'm a little bit annoying. And he's okay with that. Because he knows what's coming. Amen? It always amazes me. Because I, you know, I think, that's a pretty, pretty tough situation to bring a baby into this world. But then a woman will choose to do it again. And I'm thinking, well, it must be worth it. My mom did it three times. She, I, 30 hours with you. She was in labor for 30 hours with David. You know? She, I don't know how long she was with John, but John cost her some teeth. She had wisdom teeth coming in, and John got all the calcium, so her teeth that came in were bad. And I thought, what would possess her to try it again some years later? Then she had me. But apparently it was worth it. Amen? So it's worth it to him. All the things that go along with it. To be in Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. I didn't mean to waste time, but that's right. That's a good. I'm glad you brought it up. Anything else? You good? Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good. Amen? All right, everybody stand up. You might say this morning, I don't know how to have a relationship with Christ. That's okay. He does. I don't know how to pursue a deeper relationship with Christ. You just got to open your mouth. You just got to set aside time and make sure that you just focus in on him. And you know, you can say to him, Lord, I don't really know what I'm doing. Amen? I just know that I have always wanted more of him than I've ever had. Amen? And I find that whenever his word becomes open to me and, and, and there's truth there, I can understand with my heart and my head can catch up, all of a sudden I can see who he is and what I am to him and what I am because of him and who I am in him. Amen? But to pursue relationship, it takes your willingness to go after it. Amen? I trust God more than I trust any body. I trust God with my body. I trust God with my finances. I trust God to watch over my best friend. God will meet you right where you're at. I was driving out of Tulsa one day, and, and this has probably just been four or five years ago, and, and the Lord, I, I was telling him how much I loved him and how much I appreciated him, and da-da-da-da, and it seems like in those moments when I'm just really happy, God will talk to me about something I'm missing. <laughs> Amen. And he said to me, just like in the book of Revelation where he said, you know, you're doing this and this and this. And then he said, but I have some things against you. That's exactly what he said to me. You got, you're doing this and this and this, but I, but I have something against you. And I said, okay, what have I done? And the Lord told me, he said, you're selfish in your love walk. I said, okay, where at? 
After Lisa and I got married, and I started really enjoying having a wife, secretively, I would crack jokes about it, but secretively I would tell the Lord, I don't want to be here without her. So I want to go first. Let me die first. Here I am driving down I-44 and the Lord brings it up. And he said, you're selfish in your love walk. And if you're selfish in your love walk with your wife, your love walk will be off with everybody else because behind me, that's the one walk you got to really... And so I started to weep. And I told the Lord, I said, okay, fine. She can go first and I'll stay. And I meant it in my heart. I only share that story simply because he will talk to you about the things that you really think you're hiding from everything and everybody. She didn't know that that really was in me. I was hiding that from her, but I was selfishly, I was like, I ain't staying on this rock without her. Right? He knew it. When I was in Bible school, there was a situation from my past that I had told the Lord, I will never, ever tell my my mother the truth on that. I told him, I said, never happen. I cannot, I will not tell my mom the truth. She asked me, I won't tell her. Because I knew it would break her heart. One day I'm driving home from Tulsa while I was in Bible school and he says, that's a problem between you and me because you're willfully saying you will tell a lie. So I said, okay, I'll tell the truth. I will never bring it up. If she ever asks me, I will tell her the truth. I drove in that Friday night. I wake up the next morning. I'm laying there. I got my legs hanging over the end of the couch. My mom comes walking by and she stops and she says, hey, back when you were, and she said my age, and she said, did you... And I thought, you couldn't even give me 24 hours. I agreed to tell the truth, but you couldn't even give me 24 hours to get this deal. What is, you know? I just sat up and I said, yeah, mama did it. She said, well, I hate that, but I know God loves you and God forgave you and so do I. And I was like, I had been living with that for years trying to cover it up, knowing I would lie. Amen? He will meet you right where you're at and talk to you about what you're doing. I only share those two stories because he just, he knew that they were something that was festering in me that was going to cause an issue between me and him. Amen? But I was in him. He was wanting to take the waste out. Amen? Hallelujah. So this morning, if you don't know how, it's simple. I didn't know how to be married, but I said I do. (laughs) Amen. And I jumped in with both feet, and after about a month, I was like, this is a horrible idea. People get, crazy, get married, they're crazy. I've married the wrong person. She was thinking the same, I've married the wrong person. You know? Then a minister in our life called us and said, come sit, and we sit, and he said, God told me to tell you guys it's never as bad as it seems. Now I'm going home. And he got up and he left. Because God knew he could send somebody and we would hear. We looked at each other and we're like, okay, it's never as bad as it seems. Amen? God will do for you. God will help you. God will speak to you. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today, God, 
We thank you that we're in you. We're in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, that there are no accusing voices that can accuse us once we're in you. I thank you, Father, that we're free. We're free to be ourselves. We're free to enjoy life here, just like we're going to enjoy abundant life over there. But Jesus said that he came to give us abundant life here. And so we do enjoy it. We don't live with guilt and shame and condemnation. You've removed those things because we're clean. Hallelujah. I thank you, God, that we can hear from you. In this relationship, you speak. We can hear and we can make changes. It's possible. And it's simple. I thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. We give you all the glory and all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody doing good? Anybody not feeling good in their body this morning? Anybody need, anybody need hands laid on and prayed for this morning? Ms. Nedra? Anybody else? Mr. Wilbur? Anybody else? Hallelujah. Joel, come here, bud. Lisa, come here. Let's pray for you. Come on, Mr. Wilbur. Come on, Ms. Nedra. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These bodies are meant to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And they are. Amen. They're fashioned for His work. Amen. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Lord. Father, I thank you, God. Hallelujah. I thank you for Miss Nedra, and I thank you for her body. I thank you, God, that it's strong and it's healthy. I thank you, God, that the things that she's dealing with naturally, Father, you can drive those things out. Jesus will drive those things out just like he did in the temple that day. Hallelujah. I thank you, God, that her body responds to the word because this body is still in use for the kingdom and she's in it. And so, Father, her days, her days are with strength. Her days are with life. Her days are good days. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, that what's going on is being changed right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. It's being changed. And it's going to be for your glory. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk about how good you are and what you've done. Hallelujah. Proclaim your goodness. We thank you, Father. Thank you for health in her body. Jesus' body bore stripes. She might be healthy. And you said that health was the children's bread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we take it this morning. We take the bread that you set aside for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, everything that the the devil, the enemy has meant for evil is being turned. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His faith, his faith works in Jesus' name because his faith is in the God that created everything, even this body. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that health and strength are ours. Strength in his body, strength in his mind, strength in his legs and his arms. Hallelujah. From the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Strong, strong. A warrior in God. Hallelujah. 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 
Oh, we receive it in Jesus' name. We receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Life. Life only. Life only. Life only. No resemblance of illness. Hallelujah. No shadow of death. Nothing. Hallelujah. Just light. Just life. We give you glory. We receive it. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. More to do. More to do. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You see? Come here, Lisa. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning, God. Father, we thank you, God. She's so willing in every way to serve in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Oh, and we need good, healthy, strong bodies to serve in the kingdom the way we're called to serve. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so we call her body strong, healthy, whole in Jesus' name. No issues. Just strength. Just the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of her working mightily. Hallelujah. Oh, we can get so much more done with a good, strong, healthy body. And so we call her body whole, strong. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to do what I saw myself do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take my hand. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. Oh, Father, for the gifts and the callings and the anointings. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Father, that they're strong. They're strong in this body of believers. The giftings, the callings, and the anointings are strong in this body of believers, Father God. Lord, that they're able to do what you've asked them to do. They are able Hallelujah, every one of them, every one of them, to see a city change, to see a nation change. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We expect great things, God, in you. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I thank you, Father, that you're raising people up, raising people up of all ages to do the work. Hallelujah. And it comes from a place of relationship and love. Love, love for you. Just wanting to do. Just wanting to tell people how good you are. Just wanting people to know that you love them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we glorify you, God. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe with all of my heart in the body of Christ. 
Amen? I do. The church was meant to have power in it. It was meant to go forward. It was meant, it was meant to call shots. Amen? We were never meant to sit by idly and do nothing. Amen? We were never meant to not function in the power that he gave to us. Amen? We were supposed to. Amen? We're not afraid of anything. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no fear. Hallelujah, there's no fear. Fear not, for I am with thee. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We give you glory this morning. Thank you for calling us. Ah, hallelujah. Anybody else? Jesus, Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord's good. Amen. <laughs> you know, it's gray outside, but it ain't gray in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I, I told Miss Dana this morning, I said, you got to watch these gray days. Sometimes people come in, they're like, oh, it's really gray outside. Can you guys play something kind of soft and slow and get a little, little trickle on the roof? It'll be nice. We'll just all take a nap. No. We live bright. We live on fire. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, have a safe week. We love each and every one of you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You're dismissed. Praise God.